When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Capital City. This is the Jeff Cameron Show brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Good Balls Wednesday, everybody. How you doing? Hanging in there? Hanging in there? Deep breaths. I've uh, heard from so many of you uh, post uh, Sunday's uh, horrific experience. I do want to say a couple things. I don't know that we got to it on Monday. Obviously, we were doing a very serious show Monday and, and talking about the things that happened that pissed us off, that frustrated us, and we were shedding light on all those things and talking about it. But a few things here that I want to clean up. Uh, first is that thank you to everybody that I ran into in Charlotte. I don't know that I properly said that here on these airwaves. It was awesome to meet the Seminole Charlotte, uh, the Charlotte Seminole Club, and 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 all of the folks that came over and shook hands, and we had some beers, and we took pictures, and we talked all things Knowles, and I learned of your backgrounds and your families, and I sincerely say to you that all of us at Warchant that were there really appreciated that event. It was awesome. And it, it, you know what? It was a great weekend up until Sunday, until the committee screwed us. Everything was great. Uh, the arrangement was great. Where we stayed was great. The the, fo- the folks there that uh, welcomed us, they were awesome. I went to several, imagine that, I went to several different uh, watering holes while I was there in Charlotte and ran into Knowles everywhere I went, and everybody was freaking awesome. So thank you. And if I ran into you, I appreciate that very, very much. Uh-oh, what am I, what am I missing here? You guys are laughing with each other. I'm worried that I said something or did something I shouldn't have. Oh, I know who I am. Yes, yes, there you go. And uh, that is true. Uh, And there are several. Charlotte has come up in the world. Charlotte has come up in the world. Now, I used to go visit Charlotte back in the day, and I would think, "Mm, kind of a NASCAR town. This is not going to get it done for me. Maybe you're a cup of tea. Maybe you like to watch these cars, but I do not. And uh, people were crazy about it. It's all I heard back in the day. Now I'm like, damn, look at you, Charlotte. Nice eclectic mix of eateries and people and drinks and all of it. It was awesome. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 Dad. I know that's a rhetorical question on your part. I did not visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> but I did, uh, I did enjoy meeting uh, a, a bunch of great people. And then the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, as far as what's going on this week and, and 
I guess just talking about where we're at, is that in some ways you feel like this has galvanized the fan base yet again. That, I mean, this team did such a good job of bringing us all back together. Like, we're all, that's another reason everybody's hurting right now, is that this team not only won every game, every single game that they played, and we've documented, well-documented, the way in which they won these games, the things that they overcame, the moments that you thought it was in the balance, and they always came out on the right side. And so they were lovable for a lot of reasons, a lot of good kids who'd done a lot of things that uh, made us, um, I don't know, made us feel really good about, um, you know, being a knoll. Let's put it that way, and about what they were doing. And so then they get screwed and it hurts all the more. But I thought afterwards, just hearing from people, that you get a sense that this is growing stronger. It's not weaker. It's stronger. This group of fans and this this fan base, some of that, by the way, I think, is – and I've been around long enough – to, to watch this play out, it's really cool to watch it play out with Florida State. If you're uh, a blue blood, uh, a uniquely um, uh, influential and impactful program to the world of college football, we all know those programs when we hear their names, right? When you hear Ohio State or you hear Oklahoma or you hear Alabama, include Florida State in that. You know, when you hear those names, you you understand. And some of those programs, of course, have been around a lot longer than Florida State. Uh, in some cases, uh, a lot, lot longer than Florida State. So when you go to those places, if you ever get a chance to go to games at those places, and you sit back and have a cold one and, and talk about college football with a different fan base, you know, say you're hanging out with people at a Michigan game or something, um. You know, you get a sense of the way they tailgate. You get a sense of their history. You get a sense of how it is that the person you're talking with became, uh, in this for this example, a Wolverine fan or how their father went to school there or their grandfather played there, whatever it is, right? But I always thought that Florida State, in terms of maturity and having gone through it all, the good, the bad, the awful, and everything in between, you know, they were they were a – they were probably a, a, a couple of decades behind in the cycle. They were always behind in the cycle. And the cycles are you're great, you know, you're poor, then you're great at some point, then you fall on hard times and you suck again, then you're back to being great, and then you're terrible, and then at some point you're back to being great again. And you just keep going and going and going through these cycles. There's no program in history that's ever just sustained one level of awesomeness throughout their time. All of them have fallen off at some point. And every time that happens, every single time that you reach a peak and then fall to the valley and then rise back up, climb back up the way Florida State has to the top of the mountain, you're more appreciative and you have perspective. If you, were th- if you went through all of that, maybe you were a student when they were good, then you graduated and you went into your career at some point along the way, they began to fall off a little bit and you thought, Damn, I wish you could just stay the way it was when I was a student there forever. Or vice versa. You were a student and they didn't win a game. They were awful. You went to school when Tom went to school. And you thought to yourself, this is awful. Why? What, what has my generation wrought? 
this isn't getting it done. And then you got to see them climb back up. Maybe you were fortunate enough to be standing next to your best friend in the Rose Bowl watching a kick return, and you both almost wept. Maybe that happened. And <laughs> it, it might have. Yeah. It might have. Okay. Woodfield. Yeah, it could have all happened, right? But every time you go through the cycle, the ups and the downs of it all, you mature a little bit more as a fan base. As a collective fan base, you mature a little bit more because you've seen all of the greatness and you've seen the worst the sport has to offer and everything in between. So there's a maturity about you, and it's, it's, it's written all over your face. So when somebody from another program, from another fan base comes to town and they see you and they meet you for the first time, they sense it. This guy or this woman has seen some things. They've been here for the good and the bad. They'll laugh at me and some of my assertions about my program and where college football is at and my place in it compared to theirs because they're not really concerned with my opinion. They've seen everything they've needed to see. They've watched it all play out, and they understand the ebbs and flows of greatness as well as disaster. And they know that in due time, it's going to happen to me too and They're kind of laughing already at my assertions because they know they've been there. They've done that. And I have not, right? We are going through another cycle. I think we're bearing witness to coming out of one of those ending and another starting. And I am sensing a more mature, more well-reasoned, although very, very angry and vocal and assertive fan base. I feel like Florida State fans have actually handled this well. When you are when you are the victim of corruption and cronyism and you know it, you have every right to be very angry. But for the most part, and again, you don't need to traffic in a Twitter post, but For the most part, when you talk to people, they'll share their bitter disappointment. But at the same time, they'll say, well, you know, I think here's what we need to do next. There seems to be a galvanization that's happening here for a fan base that's been spurned, that's been burned before and has learned from it and then climbed all the way back up. We're using our points of reference and experience to become a more informed and better and more, I think, proactive fan base this time around. I, that's the sense where this is going to me. Do you agree, Tom? I do. Um, I will tell you that I was worried, and we talked about this the first 24 to 36 hours after this whole thing went down, because it's one thing to lose a game in a heartbreaking fashion. It's another to lose even, let's say, if there was a poor call. You know, a blown pass interference, maybe a, a clip that never existed like 2016 in Clemson. Yeah. And, I mean, you could be the Saints fan that was playing the Rams in the NFC Championship game. And, and there's a moment that you're just left aghast that you came out on the wrong side of. Like, how is that possible? But losing because of a system is a completely different thing. Because we won. There was a trophy presentation. Mm-hmm. We went 13-0. and We won with our backup. We won with our third-string quarterback. And what our defense did the last 38 possessions that they've been on the field is nothing short of inspirational. And what they did for 60 minutes on Saturday was 
unbelievably dominant. I didn't know that we could ever look that dominant again in this era of college football against the top 20 offense. Like, I just didn't think that that was possible the way the game is played today. And so when it's taken away the next day after you do all of that, that hits different. And I was very concerned because I myself felt the what does it matter energy. And that's where I said on social, on the site, I wrote a quick column that like, I feel that, but then you watch the way those, those Knowles picked each other up on the field on Saturday. And you see that the way they did that all season long, and you can't run from that. But I might be alone in, in feeling that way. Clearly, I'm not. There are so many. You think about the Battle's End signups as a barometer. It's a great barometer. They had, I think, around 1,200, 1,300 members as of ACC Championship Week. They're closing in on doubling that. Mm-hmm. People are pissed, and they're, and they're acting on it. They're acting on it. And I like that about it. What, what's happening right now. But then, like I said in the first hour, if there's a segment of the fan base, even more of them that are saying, all right, Florida State, I need you to lead the way institutionally. We got screwed by an institution. Now we, as our own smaller institution, need to turn this thing around. If you've got a segment of the fan base that is waiting for that, I hear you. I hear you. That That's a correct way to do it as well. I'm just glad to see that people haven't given up in short. But you don't have an option, I don't think, uh, to give up, really. I mean, again, you're going to continue to support Florida State Athletics. You're going to continue to support Florida State football. I mean, we're passionate about it. You don't allow for, uh, you know, a, a moment of injustice to, to I, I think, uh, derail your support of something you're passionate about. Uh, I get you can feel a little bereft of hope, but I think you're going you're gonna to hang in there ultimately and understand that it's probably best to figure out a constructive way to make sure that doesn't happen again. Unfortunately, as you said, it may very well be to make sure you retain a level of excellence enough to get into the Big Ten or the SEC and uh, run into the arms of those that you hate in order to not have this thing happen again. But you don't have a choice. And, uh, and you know, we'll never forget. We'll never forget exactly what happened. Never forget the, why it happened. Uh, and, and, again, there have been moments in time throughout college football history where uh, we you could go back and look. I remember the – you know, I used to say this all the time about the old system where you had the AP poll and the coaches poll, and you'd sit back and look and you'd go, well, this is going to be weird because one's playing four and two's playing seven and three's playing. You know, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, there have been lots of debates about who should have been the national champion and who shouldn't have. That, that part's not new. And there have been, uh, you know, there have been plenty of fan bases who I think felt victimized in a given year. Uh, and that probably, I would think, forced them to rally and, and figure out you get better and make it so it's no longer a question. And um, for Florida State, it, it's funny, too, because the thing that stings the most is that it hadn't been done in the manner that it was done. There have been lots of slights, but this hadn't been done in the manner that it was done before. Well, and that's the thing. Like, you've seen so many heist movies over the generations. It could be a Western or something modern. And there's that moment before the plan is unveiled where they say, look, if it's too much for you right now and you don't think you can go all the way down the line on this, leave the room now, no hard feelings. You're out, no problem. And that's kind of the way, not like a heist, because they were the ones that stole something from us in the college football playoff committee, but I kind of felt that way and I still do. Like if that was the, the watershed moment for you as a college football fan, that you're like, call me when they fix it, I'm out. I get that. But then like in the movies, that moment passes the people that are in the room remain in the room, and you say, okay, now let's move forward. No, let's and move I just, forward, yeah. I thought more people would have left the room, and they didn't, and I'm, I'm really buoyed by that. That's really cool to see. P. 
Simpson wants me to auction off my dictator rug and donate the proceeds to TBE. I bet you could get 40 grand. <laughs> I haven't brought the dictator rug in in forever. Imagine all of the, uh, uh, not the dates. What was it I was going to eat? Apricots. Oh, yeah. Imagine all the apricots that have been eaten on the dictator rug this year after every game. No, but you have to say apricots when you're on the rug. But I That's don't want to say apricot because I call them apricots. In fact, when my wife leaves for Trader Joe's, I go, hey, don't forget them apricots. <laughs> and I say it just like that, and she shakes her head. And then my son laughs at me. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hey seminoles we all know how important it is to score in the red zone but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. Whether making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. See this ancient river bed. See where all the follies led. Down by the water and down by the old main drag. Jeff Cameron Show, busy coffin. Busy coughing for no reason. The randomness of coughing with age. It's so frustrating. Um, crazy to, uh, <clears throat> to, to be sitting here, the music starts, and my body goes, Hey, let's start coughing, big guy. It's all right. Uh, you know... I was saying, and I remember having this discussion one time, and th- this is this is something that has to do with what just transpired, and and there's multiple elements of uh, how and why Florida State ended up excluding uh, being excluded 
but one of which is the original uh, concept of the college football playoff having been flawed uh, from day one. And if you, you know, again, you, you, we all did the math back in the day, and, and I think there have been a lot of discussions like this, right? Well, you've got five Power Five conferences, and you have Notre Dame, who gets like this special treatment for some reason, and uh, they're fighting for four spots. And so you you know you knew the musical chairs that was being played at that time was was dangerous. Um, they got lucky for a very long time and avoided a lot of controversy because they didn't have a situation where all five major conference champions uh, ended up the season unbeaten or with only one loss. And um, you know you, I guess you go back to 2014. You had a little bit of chaos when Baylor won the Big 12 regular season at 11 and one, but they got screwed because they didn't have a conference championship game. Remember that? So that their situation, the, the committee had an out then because they didn't have a 13th game, and they got they they were left out behind obviously a 13 and 0 FSU team that was the defending national champion and a trio of 12 and one teams, which were at that time Alabama, Ohio State, and Oregon. Um, but you know, you, you, in the past, you, you kind of got lucky because there was one or more of the power five conference champions conveniently having at least two losses. Um, and so they were eliminated from consideration whenever that happened. And you just kind of go year by year with the way these things played out. Uh, and you were very fortunate. Prior, I, if you wanted to argue who was it in this era, in this era, now there are different eras to be sure, but in this era, the the biggest uh, you know shaft that anybody ever got, I guess you would have argued, was twelve and one Ohio State in twenty eighteen. They won the Big Ten title at twelve and one, left out in favor of twelve and zero Notre Dame, and they both had the same number of top twenty five wins, including a much larger margin of victory over common opponents, Michigan and Northwestern. But, you know, 12-0 and 0 did trump 12-1, and 1, and if we were just going by best, best would have been Ohio State. Cody writes, I think FSU should use this as a fundraising opportunity without burning relationships, like with a football is decided on the field campaign, and they could send Mike Norvell and a few players in pods to outside the Sugar Bowl before the game. Um it is already working out, Cody. Thank you, by the way, for listening and contributing to what we do. Um, it's already working out in that way. I, I, I said last segment that I do think it's very much uh, been an impetus for uh, a galvanization of support for Florida State. And I, I think the other thing is, and I was having a debate with my friend who – um, is not a Florida State supporter, but uh, isn't anti-Florida State. He's just sort of indifferent and didn't, I don't think, understood the level of passion and vitriol and anger that people felt and why, more importantly. Maybe he understood it, but he didn't understand why. And then I was giving the examples, whether it was 2015 Michigan State or TCU last year getting blown out in their conference championship, or losing, they didn't get blown out. I'm sorry about that. I think they lost by three. Losing in their conference championship game uh, to a three-loss Kansas State team, if memory serves. Uh, and then going back through and looking at, um, you know, Cincinnati. We talked about that. I don't think anybody thought Cincinnati was a top four team, but they had that out-of-conference win against Notre Dame, and they won their conference, albeit a lesser tier. And they, they got in because it was always about more deserving and not best. If it was about best, there would have been a lot of different Final Fours over the year. And also, that is very subjective, best. Good luck with that, man. We don't play like schedules. Nobody really knows. 
Um, you know, it, it becomes a, a beauty contest, but they never used to make it a beauty contest because in the past they just said, okay, we'll go with deserving. And then this time around they went with best. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's silly. So – that that and that's and that's silly across the board though meaning that's silly across the board i think that's kind of universally understood that it was a flawed deal but when you talk about on the field the i said to to him this could have been miami and i would have felt the same way for them as winners of a power 5 conference not a non power 5 there've been lots of teams kick ass in non power 5 conferences where they don't play the same competition screw them I'm talking about a Power Five conference. And so that, you know, that, I, w- I would have had to defend an enemy. I would have defended an enemy in this situation because the games have to count. Now, what was going to happen and what may end up happening here is that, you know, as we move forward, and I said this yesterday, I believe that this really does, beyond a shadow of a doubt, serve as a formal announcement that, look, you can be FSU, you can be Clemson, you could be capable of playing a brand of, I guess, Big Ten or SEC-style football, but you're in the ACC, and you will not be treated as an equal, and you're going to have to leave this conference and join either the Big Ten or the SEC. That's what's going to have to happen. They have a stranglehold on college football because of the TV revenue they receive and the influence that gives them. You know this, and I know this. And it's not a surprise that the final college football rankings saw FSU as the only team who wasn't a current or future member of the Big Ten or the SEC. Within the top 13. And I'm going to guess that this is exactly how things will shake out in the future when we go to a 12-team playoff with multiple at-large bids for the first time. And so you're going to look at, you know, it's going to be interesting. What does the Big 12 do? They have a, you know, they're going to lose to Oklahoma and Texas, right? So the devaluation has already begun for the Big 12. And there is more stability within the Big 12 uh, to some degree uh, because they've been proactive and because basketball-wise, Kansas, Baylor, Arizona, they're doing well. Uh, but, but the implications are that the ACC and the Big 12 are now going to be treated as group of five conferences. That, that's what you are going to have. So in essence, um, we're going to be watching an awful lot of uh, what we call now the Big Ten SEC Invitational. Of the 12 teams, we'll watch, what, nine, ten of those be Big Ten or SEC. That's what that will be. So when you say, well, it can't happen to you next year. It can't happen next year. You know, you, you, you're going to go to the playoff. Yeah, you are. But what happens if you finish second in your conference? What happens if you don't win it? But you have, let's say you lost the head-to-head to Clemson and they win the conference. But you're 11-1. and one, With your only loss being to Clemson. Or let's say you have two losses and you lost a game on the road at Miami by three or on the road at Florida by three, let's say, unfortunately, and you lost by one to Clemson and you're quite clearly 
uh, one of the more dominant programs, but you sit at 10-2 and two and you're hoping to get into the college football playoff at the 10 spot, 11 spot, 12 spot, whatever it might be. And, uh, you know, there's another 10-2 and two team, but they happen to be in the Big Ten or the SEC. How's that going to work for you? We know how that's going to work for you. We were just told how that's going to work for you. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Hey, uh, I, I, I'm well aware that you guys are pointing to uh, rumors that abound on Twitter regarding Florida State in the Orange Bowl, but uh, no, I don't. I don't think Florida State's planning to boycott the Orange Bowl. Uh, I'd be stunned if they did, and I've not heard of any such thing. There's, you know, anytime there's a cancellation of a press conference for any reason, especially given the current climate, people are going to jump to conclusions that Florida State's unhappiness (laughs) with what just happened is fueling uh, the events that they're reading about. I don't know that to be the deal. The theme seems to be of the show today, certainly as we went back through and looked at any number of announcements in the last 24 hours that, uh, hey, look, let's get a hold of our emotions. Everything's going to be fine. Let's just wait and see the give and the take. Don't use social media as a barometer for who's staying, who's going. Kids today are using that as uh, what they think is perhaps leverage or those are threats about what they're going to do if they're told either to wait on a negotiation or to pound sand. Um You'd be surprised. I guess you wouldn't be. I, I shouldn't say that. That's in some ways condescending. I, I, I shouldn't say that. I think most of you uh, get it that um, people will, you know, people will say whatever they think they have to say in order to try to get more money, but it doesn't necessarily make it so. Florida State is on the heels of a 13-0 and season which was on the heels of a 10-win season. You recall the conversations we had before last season and where this program was going and our assertion, our assertion that Florida State was upwardly mobile, which was challenged by a lot of people. A lot of people said, no, I don't see it. I don't think it's happening. And then it did happen. It did happen. It absolutely happened. And not only did it happen, it portends, and it did portend, of the season we just had, which was another great season. This one happens to be an all-time great season, you know, as in an undefeated season. And a conference championship goes in tow. So what that means, looking beyond the shock of what took place with the big fix, is that Florida State, in two seasons, has tallied 23 wins. 
and is one of the most desirable places to play college football in the country. They are going to have not necessarily the pick of the litter. You're still competing at the highest levels with other programs that are having a huge amount of success. Um, you know, Alabama's going to recruit well. Georgia's going to recruit well. Michigan, Ohio State, they're going to recruit well. But Florida State's now in a position, as evidenced by the high school recruiting ranking that they're about to bring in and tally. We'll see what happens on signing day. But Florida State looks like they're going to sign a top five class. And if they do, in conjunction with having won every single game they just played uh, and having won 19 straight of them, uh, they are going to be in a position to compete uh, to, to, to win the conference again next year. Hopefully they won't be in the conference the year after that, but the bottom line is they are in a position. They are in a position to be elite, elite, elite for the next, well, for the foreseeable future. you got such a young coach who continues to gain momentum, who's just won coach of the year and everything else. They are set. And for the people that say, well, this is going to be used against us in recruiting. No, it's not because there is. The reality is there is a 12-team playoff next year. Florida State would have been in one if there was one this year. And moreover, they would have been in one had they lost the game against Louisville. They would have been in a playoff, any playoff of 12 teams next year uh, with the season that they had. So that's not something that's sustainable, meaning they can't screw you in that way again. So you're, you're going to be in a very good position. And I think, if anything, you're going to have uh, a lot of guys. Think about what you potentially are looking at wide receiver next year. Think about what we, you know, Hakeem Williams is going to be really, really good. Destin Hill is going to be really, really good. Cross your fingers, Vendravius Jacobs continues to mature, but his ability is outstanding. He will be really good. They have others. There's more on the way. Um, and, you know, they, the other part of what's cool is that when you have players go in the draft and when you have the, 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 the profile of your program continue to rise, then you attract the interest of the creme de la creme of the high school ranks. You've had to go work at it uh, really hard, obviously, these last two years, three years, because you were coming from uh, face first out of the muck into the light. But now you've sustained it. Now you've proven year over year, not just one year, year over year, that this is a program on a very strong foundation with a very hardworking and young coach that is somebody that players relate to and play hard for. So you have that which is what bolsters your ability to recruit the high school ranks. And then you also have the proven in the portal time and again, success stories that will also open up that Avenue to go along with, as I've repeated myself, success of the battles in. So this is kind of a perfect storm for a long-term run. And it's not easy to talk about a long-term run right now in the wake of the frustrations you feel after Sunday, but it is also a reality. Just as much of a reality as that pain you feel is the reality that Florida State has been doing an insane amount of winning over and over and over and over again. That usually, uh, I think, 
portends, as I said before, of what's going to happen in the future because I don't think Mike's going to start working less. I don't think he's going to be a guy that just throws his hands in the airs of anything. He strikes me as a guy that will be angrier and more focused and continue to be as intense, and the messaging's not going to change because it's his real belief in how you build and run a program. So that doesn't change. We'll come back, wrap it up. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, welcome a new advertiser to the program. This one I like. Why do I like them? I used them. I already used them. Then they said, we want to be on with you, Cameron. Good, because I'm already using you. I'd like to save some money. I'm talking about Factor. Now, I could read a script. I have one here. The bustling holiday season. You're looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel your jam-packed days. Factor's America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I'm not going to do that, though. I don't need to do that. I like not meal prepping. I like having a delicious meal before me in two and a half minutes out of a microwave prepped by a professional chef. It is delicious. Protein meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving in some cases. I could get the uh, low-calorie conscious meal if I want one, if I've overdone it for the week or something along those lines. I pick a different set of food items out of 35 prepared meals at the start of every week, and voila, it's at my front door. It's awesome. Head to factormeals.com slash Cameron50 and use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. Doing you right, people. That's code Cameron50 at factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Tough to be a Jets fan right now. They're back to starting Wilson. You know when they went to Boyle, they're like, there's no way Boyle could be worse than Wilson. And then Boyle was worse than Wilson. And they're like, damn it, we got to go back to Wilson because this Boyle cat sucks. With a defense like that. Mm. Mm. Cruel and unusual. Super Chat, thank you. Lots of folks. I've missed plenty of them. I apologize. Let's get caught up. We're not starting with C Block. Go back to C Block. Let's get him on here. How long is the Board of Trustees and Michael Alford going to wait before they announce we're leaving the ACC? Well, until they're leaving the ACC. I understand. You want me to project. You want me to guess. But it ain't going to be next year. But I don't think you have to wait till next year. I think if you had something in place to leave, let's say in 2025, you could play 2024 all the while knowing you're leaving 2025. And if they had that great information, they would probably share it uh, even before the 2024 campaign, the way we've seen it done with other programs and other conferences. So uh, I, I know they're efforting to do so. Tim, thank you. You didn't have a question, but good on you, buddy. Colby. College football playoff committee screwed us from seeing the most dominant defensive line in the history of football, especially with 14 getting back into it. Daryl Jackson being added to the party, Colby, would have been a lot of fun. Uh, I don't think it's the most dominant defensive line in college football history, but it's a good one, and it would have been made a lot better with Daryl Jackson. Man, that would have been something. In fact, 
Might I point out, while we're just projecting based on our opinions of who would win what game, where, and why, and then deciding who gets into the playoffs based on those opinions and not the games themselves, I will do this. A defensive line with Daryl Jackson playing the way that they are playing currently, Seaverse and Fisk and Peyton, right? Okay? Now add Daryl Jackson to it, and that is the kind of game especially against a quarterback that doesn't traditionally line up in the way that frustrates Adam Fuller defenses. That is a game that is, I don't know, 20-17 to Knowles against Michigan? Maybe it's 20-17 to Michigan over Knowles. I don't know. Sure sounds like a close game to me with that defensive line because they're going to make you throw it. Florida State would line up and make them throw it. And maybe they could, but... I trust these corners against those Michigan receivers. That's not, you know, a world-class outfit. Could have been a game. Never know. Just an opinion. I'm sure you've got one, too. I know the committee does. They used it to project what they think would happen as opposed to what did happen on the field prior. Jacob, thank you. Appreciate it. $13. Get it. Because of the snub, I always have a soft spot for FSU and all sports moving forward. It was just so wrong in so many ways. I think ESPN overplayed its hand. I think they did damage to the integrity of the sport. I do agree with that. Sucks. Think about the long-term problems with what happened, and you wonder. uh, I mean, listen, not everybody's going to be in the Big Ten. Not everybody's going to be in the SEC. Those other programs that are in conferences not named the Big Ten and the SEC would like to know that when they step on the field to play, if they field an elite team and beat Power Five conference teams or elite teams out of conference, however you want to describe them moving forward, on the field of play, say you're one of these teams that's in the Big 12 or, God forbid, a lesser league, and you schedule an LSU and you beat an LSU, and then maybe later you schedule a game against, who knows, uh, Florida, and you win that game. You win that game on the road with your backup quarterback, and then you win every other game you play, including a couple against top 25 teams, and then what? You want to know that you'll be rewarded, and there's a sense that maybe you won't be in the way that you need to be because certain corporate feelings and designs are at play or interests are being served. Country Doc, what's up, baby? Let's read this thing. New to your show since the start of the season. Oh, well, welcome in, Country Doc. I've been doing this for 25 years. You've missed a lot of shows, but we are still happy to have you on here now listening to this one. New block my schedule. Now I block my schedule at work to listen live. Very cool. Keep up the great job. Go Knowles. P.S. Huge man crush on Jeff. (laughs) Thank you, Country Doc. Mm, join a long list of men who have a man crush on me. How could you not? The looks, the voice, the job, music tastes. How could you not? But uh, I appreciate you. Thank you. And uh, you know what? Next up on the agenda here, buddy, is for me to drive out to Godforsaken Quincy to watch a basketball game tonight. We'll see how uh, the boy does. He's getting more PT these days. And um, I don't know. I'll be interested. You know, it's, it's funny. It's happening. I laugh at uh, myself for this. You know you know how I am about um, attending high school sports. Yes, my son is, is participating, so I care deeply about how he does. And 
Uh, I don't get as wrapped up in, um, I don't know, whether they win a, a you know, like last year, a, I, I want Leon to win when he plays, but I want to see how he plays, and I'm rooting, you know, for the team, but I'm rooting for him. I don't get caught up. My point is I don't get as, as caught up as other parents that I see. I kind of sit back in the cut and watch and see, is he getting better? Is he learning? Is he getting stronger? Is he getting faster? Is he starting to make plays? What's what's going to happen with him, right? So basketball has started this year, and and they just won a game the other night, and uh, he played his best game yet, and that was exciting to watch. And so you, you, you're rooting for him. And, and now when I go in – Matthew, I'm getting to where I actually kind of get excited about going to these games. I didn't think it would happen. In the past, I went because it's my son, and I'm excited to see and support my son in anything that he does, both of them, obviously. But it was less, you know, I wasn't like, ah, oh, I'm really excited to see this game. It was more about let's go support Bryce and Clark and see how they do. Now I'm like, oh, man, well, high school basketball tonight. Here we go. <laughs> Which strikes me as funny. But not in Quincy. No, I'd prefer that none of the games ever be played in Quincy. Yes, that's true. Uh, you know, you'd be like, Jeff, what about next week's big basketball game in Donaldsonville? Are you excited about that? What Are you are you excited about heading over to uh, Wakulla? No, 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 you're not. Maybe, maybe. There's something about, I will tell you this, the difference between going to these basketball games and football games is this. They uh, sort of homogenized the football uh, stadiums around here and ruined them by getting rid of the grass and making everything turf, right? So everything looks the same. Even if you're at an old stadium, the, the, the field itself looks the same. And you're like, no, man, don't do that. But these old basketball gyms, it's like Hoosiers. You go to some of these schools and you're like, holy moly, this place was built in 47 Look, at the, the walls are going to fall in on us at this game. Like the sounds, the echoes, the smells, the amount of times that you know a basketball has been bounced there, or shot there, a practice has been run there. Like I rather enjoy it. I like the sense of history in a lot of these old gyms. Now, they're not all that way. Some of them are brand new, obviously. But some of them you walk in, you're like, man, how, how old is this school? 70 years. Have they ever done anything? Is this is the original? Yep, this is the original gym. Awesome. Awesome. I'm laughing at uh, the the people that um, <laughs> that have you guys had a kick uh, out of the folks that try to I I don't just so you know as I watch these uh, as I do the show a lot of times I'm looking at either uh, notes that I've made for myself for the show uh, or I'm looking at articles um, nothing Joe don't be so sensitive I just don't feel like driving. There, Jesus. That's why I mean. This is why I don't do it. This is why I don't look at the chat. So then, if I do, this happens, and uh, there you go. Um, but I, I go and I look and 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 I laugh when I go in here because what I end up seeing is a bunch of people trying to troll Florida State fans in a Florida State show chat room, and I think. How fun is this for you, director? Do you have what? Do you have the line with which you decide to ban? Well, I mean, is there's per- been a couple people today that clearly went over the line in a personal way, but I, I kind of let it, the chat gauge it. Oh, you if do. they're having fun with it, yeah, they don't. Yeah, I'll you, keep you, them around. You let it go. You've become an expert in your own right at this sort of thing here. You know when to pull the trigger. I trust you implicitly. 
I just happen to go back and end up seeing it. And then I'm like, oh, somebody got banned. I wonder what they did. Oh, somebody got banned. I don't know. Their, their comments are banned. I don't know. I see it. It makes me laugh. Uh, good work out of you. Good work, uh, Tom. And uh, to all of you, thank you so much. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Be good. Peace.